drepclub.com. That's drepclub.com for the greatest real estate club on the planet. Workshops, presentations, trainings, education, resources, and more. The Directed Real Estate Professionals Club, drepclub.com. Participate in person or virtually, www.drepclub.com. There it goes. Hey, Bill, how's it going? It is going terrific, Kev Dog. How about you, brother? I am doing great, and I hope the rest of you are as well. This is the Investor Guys podcast. I'm Kevin Mills, and the handsome-looking devil here to the right of your screen or left of your screen, I guess. I don't even know because everything flips around when I'm watching it. But <laughs> the other person who's not talking, that handsome devil, is Bill Barnett. How you doing, Bill? And uh, what's, uh, what's there to catch up on? I'm uh, doing terrific. And, uh, you know, life in Texas is, is pretty normal. We're not, uh, uh, the restaurants are at 50% and, and a lot of them um, don't know they're at 50. They still think they're at 100 and I'm fine with that. And um, a lot of people, uh, you know, last week, uh, sometime the, the World Health Organization came out with this uh, announcement that they had made a mistake. Uh, shock. I know that it really floored me. Uh, they had made a mistake and that asymptomatic people uh, do not need to wear a mask because uh, COVID is not transmittable from an asymptomatic person, uh, which was the whole reason that masks shut down the economy worn. also. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I, I, I've had a couple of people go, you're not wearing a mask. You know, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. Have it. I'm not going to start. Uh, they're not asymptomatic, and, so it doesn't matter. And you know, and, and now they're like, well, you know, it's it's for everybody else's protection. I'm like, if you're gonna follow what WHO says, which I have little faith in, but if you're gonna follow what they say, you need to be current on what they're saying. And what they're saying currently is, uh, yeah, the mask thing. Uh, if you're sick, wear a mask. If you're not, uh, it doesn't matter. So yeah, CDC is still saying to wear it though. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, crazy department central, as I refer to them. So anyway, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, life here is returning to normal. That was the whole point of that. Didn't want to get too political there. Sorry about that. No uh, and for those of you that are in states that are in uh, a tough position right now, our hearts are still uh, with you very much. Uh, we hope you're able to get open back up uh, soon and resume life uh, much more normally. Uh, I was very excited this week to hear that uh, most of the experts, uh, and these are sports experts, not medical experts, think that college football, uh, they, they're very confident it's going to happen, but think that uh, it may happen with fans in the stands. So uh, very uh, excited about that. And of course, getting into summer, one of the things that was said was, uh, you know, this does not respond to heat. And now they're coming back and going, yeah, well, you know, uh, high temperatures tend to pretty much root this out. And and so, like you, uh, we're in those high temperature months, getting into it full. Uh, tomorrow will be not the very first days, but we've got about four or five days in a row uh, that may be the longest stretch of 100-plus degree days that we've had so far. So it, that's all good stuff because it allows us to be back out in the housing marketplace. And that is where yeah, all of our life is financially for both Kev Dog and I and um, so, Kev, I, I know that you uh, probably watch some of the car shows like on the Motor Trend Network. I do watch some. Um, usually I have them on in the background while I'm working on the cars in the garage, um, just kind of keep in theme. But, yeah, I know where your so, Kev dog is coming from. Yeah, so one of, one of my favorites is uh, Bitchin' Rides and uh, show out of Salt Lake City. And uh, the number two guy on the show is uh, – Who's my favorite guy on the show is, is a guy named Kevin, and they refer to him as Kev Dogs. And I'm that's your favorite guy on this show too, right? That's <laughs> my favorite guy on this show as well. <laughs> so uh, that's where Kev Dog comes from. So Kevin and I, uh, you know, we're real estate guys to the core. Everything we do basically uh, that involves financial, and, and I'm going to rope him into this statement. I can say it definitively for me and fairly definitive for Kevin is that basically everything we do financially is involved in real estate in some form or another because it is the driving force of the economy. And if you're going to play, play in a big market where there's lots of money and then get in the flow of the money. 
And so we, we've talked about money for a couple of shows. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a different context today, and that's really getting into the flow of the money. Where, where are the deals? Where are they happening? What kind of price ranges are they playing in? And where do you want to be in your market? So yeah, we, we find out, we've been talking about Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, and Kevin said, hey, why don't we, uh, on the show today, why don't we talk about uh, the types of deals that are available in the Dallas-Fort Worth market and then and kind of walk through those. And I would uh, dare say the types of deals that are available here are pretty much available in every market. Now, are there exceptions to that? Certainly there are. Um, if you live in New York City, that is a, that, that's a different, you don't need to be reading anybody's investment advice on real estate unless they're in New York City, because it's such a unique uh, market, um, and it's fine. I, I, I'm not a, I don't wear a I Love New York t-shirt. I don't, don't care about it. I don't go, hadn't been in years, don't care if I ever go again. Other than that, I don't feel very strongly. Um, San Francisco <laughs> is a lot that way. You know, it, it's, a, it's such a unique marketplace from a pricing structure and from a rule structure you have to know that market inside out, possible but not likely that you would do that from afar. And certainly if you're not in that market and you're getting started and invested in either one of those markets, um, it's, if you're not there, you don't want to try to start investing in there because it's too easy to get your head handed to you. Very, those two are the priciest two uh, markets in the U.S., uh, and lots of restrictions that don't apply anywhere else. Uh, and so you take those two out and pretty much everywhere else, certainly every other major market, you can find all the deals we're going to talk about today. The, as there you are some variances it, though, for yeah, example, it, like, like one of the one, things that, that I know you love doing in the Dallas Metroplex is you like doing rehabs and flips and in pretty much any market you can find rehabs and flips, but in some markets like Los Angeles, San Diego, uh, Sacramento, pretty much anywhere in California, you're going to be really, really hard pressed to find. And there's people who do flips in, in those markets, but you're going to be really hard pressed to find a flip that you're going to be able to get where you're going to be able to get the same kind of percentage of return on your investment. Yeah, I hear, I, I know people in California like, yeah, I made $50,000, I made $70,000 on this on this flip. But they also invested 700, 800, $900,000, yeah. okay? Yeah. That's not a good return on your investment. Yeah, so. and, and we're making those kind of returns on a third of the price. Right, and, uh, and I, same thing, in, in the Metroplex, I bought properties for 150,000 and sold them for 210, 220 and still made $50,000 on them. Um, that is a much better return on investment than 50,000 off of a $700,000 to $900,000 investment. Yep. So yep. picking your battleground or picking your, I don't even wanna say picking your battleground. In real estate, we have um, what, a term that's called a farm. When an agent picks an area that they want to just work, that they want to be a specialist in, that is called their farm. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to adopt that for a minute from an investor standpoint. When you pick an area that you want to farm as an investor, okay, figure out which strategies are going to give you the best returns on your farm. Which, which seeds are you going to be able to plant that are going to do best in that market and give you the best return that you're going to be able to make the best of a harvest from uh, in that market. And that's where I wanted to discuss Dallas Metroplex because it is, it is one of those markets much like, like Cleveland, much like Florida, all of Florida, actually all of Texas for that matter, where you have so many different options that have great return on investments. Yep. So I want to talk about, cause your, your boots on the ground. Okay. I invest, I haven't Literally. done a whole lot lately, but your boots on the ground, you're there every day. I mean, I talk to you and you're like, Hey, I'm on my way out the door to look at, you know, one, a new property. Hey, I'm on my way out the door to meet a contractor, one of our properties. I so, did that this morning, by the way. <laughs> right. And you do it pretty much every morning. Cause you're yep. usually running late because you have to meet a contractor or you got to leave early because you got to meet a contractor. So from the horse's mouth, so to speak, uh, tell us, the, what you're doing on the ground in the Dallas Metroplex. 
Okay, so the first thing I do is I look at separating every type of deal when we're talking about residential, uh, every type of deal into, there's three basic categories of profit uh, in the residential world and they fit the Texas market, they fit the Florida market uh, absolutely to a T uh, as they do Cleveland and, and most markets they do. So you, you look at it, you go, is this retail? Is this wholesale? Is this rental? Now, if you've got a, a good solid transaction, that property fits for all three of those categories. And so you look at it and, and uh, Kevin and I talk about, and you've heard us on the, if you've been on the podcast uh, very long, you've heard us talk about highest and best use. So you look at that property and you figure out what's the highest and best use for this property. Maybe it is a flip, maybe it is a rental, and maybe it is changing it, and uh, especially if you're looking in uh, like the medical district in Fort Worth, it is an area that is, has been residential for a hundred plus years, and now the medical district is creeping in street by street, and if you change the zoning on that property and get it over to commercial, uh, then you open up a whole different price structure of what you can do with the property. So that first evaluation that we want to do is once we've located and secured the property by we've got at least got it under contract, then we know, okay, now let's, let's make sure we understand what all the options are. Now it's okay to buy a property with one specific exit strategy in mind. And again, that fits Dallas Fort Worth terrific. Uh, the main two things that I do here are flips and rentals. And so, and I like single family uh, rentals. Uh, I'm starting to venture out into the multifamily rental world, but, uh, and I, I do that in flips. And with the flips, I do those both as just a straight cash flip, which is where we've been for the last few years uh, because uh, the market has been so hot, money's been so available. Uh, we're starting to see more and more opportunity come, and it will come a lot stronger in the next few years to do seller financing uh, because. Credit is starting to tighten a little bit. Uh, that will uh, tighten a lot as the market changes and, and the market is going to cool. Uh, when it, when's it happen? Uh, I think it's gonna happen about second quarter of 2021, but it doesn't matter. It's going to happen because it's time. Okay, and, and it always does. Yeah, it's yeah. just a cycle. It's, and it's, if you understand the cycle and uh, you know, we'll have to do a show on the cycle one day, uh, the real estate cycle. But if you understand the cycle, and more importantly, you understand the underpinnings of what makes that cycle work. What are the telltale signs that the market are changing? Is changing, and if you understand those things, then all it is is an adjustment to your business. So right now, straight flips are terrific, and uh, straight rentals are terrific. We'll get more into uh, seller financing as the market continues to soften, and we'll get more and more and more focused on rental as the market softens because as that the great thing about real estate if you understand the broader picture of residential real estate all of it is never bad at the same time so the retail market can be just rocking and rolling and the rental market be stable or even a little soft and then the retail market starts to drop off new construction starts to drop pricing starts to drop and as that happens you see the rental market just you think, you think of it like scales, you see the rental market just getting more and more solid, rents start going up, occupancies are, are just through the roof, people have waiting lists. And so as long as you understand the market, you can shift with the market as the market shifts and not only uh, not lose income, but actually increase your income. So uh, the two things I really focus on here uh, right now, we're still in the flip market and uh, properties that are great rental properties. And keep in mind that a lot of times these can be interchangeable and I, I'm sure Bill has done the same, but I've bought properties, especially in Cleveland, but also in Dallas that were rehab properties, but I bought them with the intention of turning them into a rental property. So I got a great deal on the property because it needed rehab and I rehabbed the property and I did it with my specific intent being to turn it into a rental property. So when I did that, I put more commercial industrial grade items into that property that were gonna last longer, like the flooring, the appliances, things like that. 
because my intention was to make it an investment property. So even if you have a focus on investment property, like my biggest focus is really investment property, but that doesn't mean I don't look for properties that would be good flips or that need rehabs, especially in Cleveland. Now, as a rule of thumb, I, I tell investors expect to find properties in Cleveland for forty dollars to $50,000 that are just about turnkey. I can buy, and Bill, you're going to love this being a, a rehab guy. I can buy properties in Cleveland for fifteen dollars and $20,000 and put less than ten dollars to $15,000 into those properties and have them ready to go turnkey because they need to have rehab. Okay. These are properties that have been sitting vacant for years. Sometimes uh, a lot of times people have gotten in and stripped all of the copper out of them. Um, they at some point had had aluminum siding on them and somebody came and stripped all the aluminum siding off. Not a big deal to put vinyl siding back up. Yep. Um, but they're, they're houses that look ugly. They're duplexes that look ugly. They're units that most people, the average buyer looks at and says, that's too much. I'm not interested. And they move on. As investors, we know what we're getting into. We see the beauty of that because we're buying a property that we're going to buy for $15,000. We're put another $10,000 into it and have a property that's worth 60 or $70,000. And we can still get the equity out of that property. So let's, let's use round numbers because this, this is actually, this is actually, something that we've done in the past in the Cleveland market, and it works in Dallas as well. Let's say you buy, and I'm gonna use Cleveland numbers for this, but you can fill me in on the, on the Dallas numbers because Dallas numbers aren't quite as, as cut and dry. You can buy a property, let's say you buy a property for $20,000. Let's say you put another $20,000 into it to rehab the property. Let's say to use round numbers, the property's worth $100,000. And, and there are those properties in, in markets out there, including Cleveland. The property is worth now $100,000. We can refinance that property, leaving 20% equity in that property and pull out $80,000 worth of equity on that property. Our entire investment was $40,000, okay? That means we have $40,000 in our pockets, again, to go reinvest in something else. And the same exact strategy works in the Dallas Metroplex works in lots of different markets, okay? But when you look at a property, don't, don't just have that one laser focus, I'm gonna flip this property, okay? Because you can flip that property or you can keep that property, get your equity out and still cash flow on that property. So figure out what your strategies are. But that's one of the things I love about the Dallas market is I have bought rehabs in the Dallas market Farmer's Branch. You were talking about Farmer's Branch the other day. I bought rehab properties in Farmer's Branch. It's a perfect place to buy rehab properties because yeah. they started one building. Right now. Well, yeah. And those, most of those houses were built in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You know, And you go in there and you've got people who, who still have the green shag carpet on the floor you know, and the avocado green on the countertops. And it is still a good market. It's a good solid market that lots of people still want to live in. It, it's close to downtown. You're only a couple of minutes from downtown. Unfortunately, they closed the mall down, but uh, there's, you know, there's a lot in Farmer's Branch, you know. It'll come back. What's that? It'll come back. It, that's what they've been saying for the last 20 years since it closed down. <laughs> so... But, Sooner or later, it will come back. Something will come there, okay? Because yeah. it is a big, giant property that is, that is yeah. located, it is situated in a, in a perfect area, okay? Something will happen there sooner or later. And when that happens, that market's going to explode even more. Farmer's Branch is a great place to invest, okay? Farmer's Branch is part of Dallas, if, you're, if we're getting too twisted up with geography at this point. Farmer's Branch, Branch is a great place to invest. It is a upper blue-collar, blue lower white-collar area. Okay, very solid salt of the earth, bread and butter area. And you've got residents that have been there for 30, 40, 50 years, you know, and you've got people who are just moving in now with young families. So it's, it's a really good, solid area. Houses don't stick around in Farmer's Branch if they're priced right for very long. Um, and I'm getting off topic, but uh, we'll go ahead and pick that up right after this break because I, I see the, the, the flash here telling me that I need to go ahead and take a break. Yep. So we'll be back All in right. one second. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Did you know that the Investor Guys podcast with Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills are not only available on your favorite audio podcast platform, they're also available in video form on Facebook, YouTube, and the Investor Guys podcast website at www.investorguyspodcast.com. Bill and Kevin show actual numbers, projects, and more, all things you'll miss if you don't check out the video. So after you listen to this podcast, visit us online and watch it again, www.investorguyspodcast.com or on your favorite social media. Are you ready for a new type of real estate club? A club for new and seasoned real estate investors, as well as real estate professionals of all types, a real estate club that you can participate in virtually or in person. A real estate club that offers in-person and virtual presentations, workshops, events, networking, resources, and more. Though this may sound like the real estate club of the future, it is not science fiction. It is reality. Directed Real Estate Professionals, also known as DREP, was started in the late 1990s in Southern California and is growing into cities across America. Whether you live in one of these cities or not, you can participate and take advantage of all DREP has to offer. If you live in a city that already has a DREP meeting, join them in person or online the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you live in a city that doesn't have a DREP, consider hosting your local meeting. We'll show you how to set up your local club and walk you through getting started everything to get it rolling. You can also join any area meeting online from anywhere in the world. Getting started is easy. Just check us out online at www.drepclub.com. That's www.drepclub.com, and we'll see you there. And we are back, and just before the break, we were talking about Farmer's Branch, and I have gotten off on a tangent, but you know what? I'm not the boots-on-the-ground guy, so I'm going to kick it back over to our boots-on-the-ground guy, Bill. And in most cases, literally boots. <laughs> your, 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 construct, your construction boots. Well, uh, my construction boots are made out of alligator, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, what we look at is when you're evaluating a property, a lot of what you want to do with it depends on what your cash flow needs are at the time. If I'm in a position where uh, I'm, I need to make a capital investment in something, maybe I'm buying a new car. Then, you know, you look at, okay, I can do this flip and take the cash and go do whatever other thing I was looking at doing. I can also, if I'm not in that mode right there where I'm not needing a fat paycheck at one time, I can take that and go, Oh, this is great. Uh, don't have a, a real big need for an extra 50 in cash in lump sum cash right now. So I can take this property and make sure, that I use it as rental property and, and keep adding more and more to that passive income. The more I add to that passive income, the less need I have to go out and do a flip to go into my bank account. Do I still do them? Yes. Why? Because I do that flip and then you can take that cash and go buy more rental property. So you get into a, a self-fulfilling cycle uh, that grows, that just keeps growing. If you're paying attention, um, this is a business that can shock you at the amount of money that you look up one day and you got uh, 10, 15 grand coming in and, and you're not doing anything. And it doesn't take that long and that many deals to get there. Uh, and so, and most people uh, can get by on uh, Kevin and I may be exceptions to that rule, but most people can get by on 10 grand a month. Uh, coming in. And so one of the things that uh, I push our clients to do is, you know, let's, let's do a, uh, and I know Kevin does the same thing. Let's do a, a multi-pronged attack on the market so that not only are we creating big checks with uh, occasional flips, we're creating passive income on a regular basis by taking those flip checks and buying rental property. And then as, as Kev uh, so properly pointed out, now, when you build equity into a rental property and you can keep 20% equity in the property and, and cash out the rest, it's really um, just one of those compounding effects. So in the scenario that uh, we used on that, that particular property, and once you leave the 20% in and once you take your money uh, out that was your nest egg, you still got 40 grand. Well, with 40 grand, that's uh, you can put down 
20%, if you're buying $50,000 duplexes, then you look up and now I can buy eight more units. I can buy four duplexes with that $40,000 and I can just keep this cycle going and going and going. And as you're gonna see, uh, we've talked about numbers before, uh, there's no better way to see the numbers than to see them in person. So we've got an event coming up. Uh, I'm gonna shamelessly plug here, Ken. We got All right, no worries. In, in Cleveland, we got one coming up here. We got one coming up in Orlando. These are buying events. And so you need to be there so you can see exactly what happens and how it happens and be a part of it and start understanding uh, the net worth growth that you can have because once you figure the game out, your net worth can start to just jump, jump, jump. And, uh, and no switch, better way to do that than real estate. <laughs> to switch gears just a little bit, if, if you've read anything about investing or if you've been in the investing world at all, you know diversity, diversity, diversity. And having different strategies when we go out as investors is, is not only good for us because as, as Bill mentioned at the beginning of the show, the market changes. And when the market changes, different aspects of that market change. So one thing that I always point out to people is back in 2007, 2008, when we hit that real estate bubble, people had to move out of their homes. The real estate market was horrible. For, for investing in real estate, it was horrible. But for people who had rental properties, it was great because all those people who lost their homes, who couldn't go out and buy another house now because they had foreclosures or financial issues or whatever it was, they now still needed a place to live. They still had a job. They could still pay rent, you know? So we saw the rental market blow up and we saw rental prices blow up as well. So having diversity is absolutely essential. But another thing to keep in mind is having diversity with the strategies, with what you know how to do. Because if you're a one trick pony, and that trick changes because of the real estate market, you're out, okay? If you've only got one thing that you know how to do, if you've only got training for one thing, and that no longer becomes a viable option for three, four, even five years, then your income from that is now gone. You're not feeding your family or buying those extra toys that you wanted or whatever it is that you got into this market for. So having a, a well-rounded education, having all these different facets that you can call upon. And we've talked about two of them in this particular episode, rehabs and, and uh, income property. And we've even talked about how they can even tie in together. And what's crazy is you can pretty much tie in all kinds of different strategies. And I'm gonna let Bill get back to that because we're gonna take a break in a second, but I'm gonna let Bill get back to that in respect to the Dallas Metroplex. But to give you an idea, I have, and I'm sure Bill has also, gotten foreclosure properties. And, and usually when you get a foreclosure property, it's a rehab property, you know? So I've gotten foreclosure properties, had to do the rehab, and then chosen whether or not I was gonna flip it or keep it as rental income, you know? You can apply these things in tandem, in triplicate, and whatever you want to your strategies, but understanding how each one of those strategies works and how they can work together is essential in being a successful real estate investor. That being said, I'm going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back. Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills host the Investor Guys podcast and share their real estate investing insights, strategies, and knowledge for audiences across America. Did you know that the Investor Guys, Bill and Kevin, have comprehensive investor education trainings and events available? Live and virtual workshops, training programs, events, and more. Bill and Kevin even have hands-on training events, consultations, and quick start programs, including the acclaimed real estate buyers events all designed to get investors started and in putting performing properties into the real estate portfolios. Bill and Kevin have each been successfully investing in real estate and educating real estate investors for decades and bring that experience to everything they do. Bill and Kevin both have unique approaches to investing and investor training and thousands of investors attribute their investing success to the trainings they have received from Bill and Kevin. If you are ready to get started as a real estate investor, the timing has never been better. Every day you wait to get started is a day forever lost. To check out how the Investor Guys are ready to get you started, visit InvestorGuys.com. That's www.InvestorGuys.com. 
Are you dumb enough to be rich? Well, are you? Bill Barnett's critically acclaimed book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich?, is a personal account of Bill's own journey to becoming a real estate investor. In his book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich?, Bill shares his experiences, insight, and advice in a well-written, easy-to-follow account that gets investors thinking and acting. Find Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich on Amazon and other outlets or purchase your copy directly at www.investorguyspodcast.com. And we're back. And as promised before the break, I'm going to kick this back over to our, our Dallas Metroplex guru, Bill. And welcome back. For those of you who just joined us, thank you for being part of the Investor Guys podcast. Uh, we are here on a regular basis. And thank if you, you so much. If you just joined us, rewind and catch the beginning of this. Check the archives out. Go to investorguyspodcast.com. We got uh, previous podcasts there. You can uh, check those out. You can get them on um, Apple and Anchor. and uh, You can get them, yeah, on just about any of the podcast channels will be the audio versions. And we have our own YouTube channel. It is also uh, Podcast Guys. And, or Yeah, sorry, it's not Podcast Guys. guys it's podcast. Real Estate. It's Investor Podcast. I forget. Investor, Investor guys, guys Podcast. podcast. <laughs> Investor Guys Podcast. If you go to our Facebook page or you go to InvestorGuysPodcast.com, you'll be able to see the videos there but you'll also have a link to our YouTube page there and if you want to watch it on YouTube for any reason. And please go and uh, subscribe and like. Uh, you know that already. We want you to do and, that. We and follow so that when we post a new video or we post anything else there, you, you're actually the, you know, the first, not the first to know, but you know about it instead of having to keep coming back to the page and checking, you'll get a notification. So follow us. Uh, do that more. Uh, the more people that get signed up, the more fun we have with it. And uh, we're going to be here. We want to make it viable for you to take time out of your day, whether you're driving. That's the great thing about podcasts. Most of the time uh, when I listen to them, I'm in my car uh, and I like being able to control the information that, that's going in to my noggin and especially um, more so guys, uh, since about March, when things started getting really crazy, I got more and more focused on, uh, listening and experiencing, whether it be video or whether it be podcast, listening to and learning, how can I get sharper about my business? Right. And if you yeah. want to listen to us while you're in the car, we're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, <laughs> six or more different platforms. Just go to your, your, your favorite platform and look for us there and download us or listen to us live, whatever it is you're doing, but let's get back to Dallas. Yeah. So, and I'll make one more thing. If you're, if you have a particular mode that you like to enjoy podcast in a channel and we're not a part of that, cause we're like that. Kev just said, we're on six. Uh, let us know. We'll figure out uh, how to make sure that we're on that as well. So, uh, in the Metroplex, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, as is, uh, and really when we talk about the Metroplex, it's really the North Texas market. The North Texas market makes up a, a good 17 different counties. It is a huge area, uh, and yes, there's some rural in there, uh, but there's all kind of opportunities uh, to be able to look at what an exit strategy is for a particular property and what can I do for it. Um, it's been a couple of years now, but I, I missed out on a property, uh, a $10 million property. And my banker was like, now, now, wait a minute, what? And I'm like, well, they're asking 10 for it. And it's a steal. Uh, and it was because it had 150 acres with it. So you, you had, uh, so it's all about understanding highest and best use. So the game plan on it was we buy the property, the whole 10 mil piece of it, we take about 10 acres uh, and the way the property, the house, uh, which was an absolutely amazing, the way it was situated on the property, you could take the house and carve out about 10 acres and you still had 140 acres that you could subdivide and build on and you could turn this into a huge profit environment. So what you look at, every time you look at a property and there's so much opportunity in the North Texas market, and sometimes you'll hear me refer to it as DFW, sometimes just North Texas. But there's so much opportunity here because of the job market. Now, in the last podcast, we talked about the importance of jobs. Because the job market is so strong, there's so much opportunity here. And I would stress to you, if you're somewhere else and you're looking at where can I go for a great market, especially if you're a little bit experienced, 
so that you look at expanding your base into other markets. And I'm going to tell you, you want to uh, make sure that you got a little Texas in your life because this whole area in the North Texas market is hot happening. And will it cool down? Yeah. But as we saw in the downturn of 07, that downturn affected us significantly less than it did most of the nation. Don't see that uh, any different for the next downturn. And again, uh, there's two things because of the job market. And Texas also has a, a, a law that's a little unique about uh, when you're refining and you're doing a cash out refi on a residential property that you live in. That's the thing. It's, if it's your home, you cannot access more than 80% of that equity. So when the market pounded the rest of the nation, homeowners were looking at, yeah, our pricing went down, but because of that equity law, uh, we're still in good shape. So now uh, that does not apply to investment property. That is for only personal residents. Uh, so investment property, you can you can hundred uh, percent it all day long on that. So all and of not those to get not to get too political, but in addition to jobs, okay, pay attention to the political structure. The reason Texas is doing well is because in the past, in the in the late seventies and early eighties, Texas got hit hard when the oil industry changed, and when in Houston, when when Johnson Space Center basically went from staff of thousands to a staff of hundreds. The leaders of that state and, and other states, you know, they got smart and they said, if we count on just one particular source of income and that source of income, again, diversity, we talked about diversification. If we have multiple different things to rely upon, it's less likely that all of them are going to exit at the exact same time. We have seen in other states and even other cities when the market changes or when one business moves out. Case in point, and I mention this about Syracuse all the time. When Carrier moved out of Syracuse, the only thing that was left in Syracuse was the university. And Syracuse, as a result, is still suffering. People are still exiting Syracuse because it got hit so hard when Carrier moved out. Carrier was the only game in town. So look at states that have diversification. Look at states that have multiple different reasons, not just for people to work, but for people to be there, okay? Um, Florida is a, is a good example of different reasons for people to be here instead of just work. There's, there's multiple different businesses here, but people come to Florida to retire. They call this God's waiting room, okay? People from all over the, the, the East Coast and the Midwest come to Florida. That has been their goal since they were in their 30s is they were going to retire and move to Florida and live in Boca. And that's not going to change. These people who are moving here because they're retiring here, it doesn't matter whether or not they have a job because they're not going to work. They're getting their social security, they're getting their pensions, they're getting their, their whatever it is, okay? They're moving here, they're still going to move here regardless of what the market is. Um, when we look at states, when we look at places that we're going to farm, look at diversification, look at need. Now in Cleveland, Cleveland's diversified, but our strategies in Cleveland are different. But that strategy that I focus on in Cleveland isn't going to change, you know? so. Know what you're looking at, know what your, your, your plan is, know what your strategy is, and pick your farms carefully. And one benefit about listening to, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to beat our own, our own drum here, but oh, listening go. to Bill and I is, Bill and I have been doing this for a long time. I have been investing in real estate for, I'm not going to say exactly, but it's, it's more than 30 years. Okay. Um, I've been teaching investing in real estate for more than 20 years. We've been there, done that. We have some insight to provide and we've got favorite places that we like. Okay. That we invest in, but we can also tell you other markets that are good. For example, right now, Birmingham, Alabama, if you wanted to invest in Birmingham, Alabama, it is a good hometown. Place good place to invest right now. I don't invest in Birmingham, Alabama. No personal reason why I don't other than I just have my favorite places picked out and I'm old and I'm, and I'm 
cogity and I just want to stick with the places that I have right now. Birmingham, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, both great places right now to invest for multiple different strategies, you know, and having, having that insight is important and it will keep you from making mistakes and keep you from putting money into the wrong market. Southern California, not a good market. Northern California, not a good market. Do people invest there? Yes. Do people make some money? Yes. Is their return on investment the same as it would be in Dallas or, or Texas, for example, as a whole in Birmingham or Mobile? No, it's not. And, and, and what that, happens that is the bottom line. When you look at those other markets, and the California market is a prime example of this, it's a very attractive market when you're outside looking in, if you're not doing your homework. When you do your homework, you go, wow, wait a minute, the tax structure is really tough. Uh, they're heavily, heavily, heavily taxed. And because of that, a lot of companies are moving, so it affects the job market. Now, when you look at foreclosure properties, the being able for the previous owner to come back in and, and catch that property up is an extraordinarily long amount of time. It's like five years, some crazy, now I hadn't looked recently, but it's like five years. And, and so um, when you look at stuff like that, it inhibits the, the investor coming in and playing in that market. And it's one of those things that uh, you go, I wanna go where it's favorable to do business. Uh, and so they have their reasons for why they do things the way that they do. A lot of, of states don't do it the same way and are much more pro-business and pro-investment. Uh, and so Texas isn't the only uh, great spot to be. I think it uh, is uh, a great one of the best. Absolutely it is, just like Florida is. But these two states are not the only ones but you've got to know what's going on in that state. How does the foreclosure laws work? Does it make sense for me to, to look at a foreclosure uh, and include that as part of my investment strategy in that particular market? Uh, so make sure you understand that. We have very favorable for the foreclosing entity. We have very favorable foreclosure laws uh, here in Texas. Um, same things with properties that are seized for non-payment of property taxes. Um, those things, uh, you got to understand how all that works because it all plays into, as it should, into your overall investment strategy. You might find a, a great deal on a tax lien sale. Well, if you don't even know when they're doing them or how do I participate, uh, that segment of the market is completely removed for you. Same thing with foreclosures. When are the foreclosure sales happening? Uh, for Kev, most of them happen online. Uh, for us, most of them are still happening uh, in person. Uh, for Texas, it's the first Tuesday of every month. So I've got to make sure that I've got that date carved out for me so that uh, I go and participate uh, on that day. And, and it's because it is the same time for the entire state. And it's not likely that, you know, I can make both uh, the Dallas and the the Fort Worth foreclosure sales uh, in the same month because they're happening at exactly the same time and they're only happening at that time. So he's, he's talking about, he's talking about the tax deed sales and the foreclosure sales. The, yeah. They, they happen at the same time. They right. happen on the same day and, uh, and they happen on every County in the, in the state on the same day at the same time. And so if you, you are in Dallas County, they actually happen in the exact same marble cavernous echoing room in the back of the courthouse. So you will hear 10 different people shouting information about 10 different properties at the same time. At least and, in other uh, counties, counties, what's that? Fort Worth is outside. So uh, and, if it's and, 100 degrees, it's 100 degrees. Yeah, same and thing in, in Austin. If you go to Austin, it's, it's under the overhang in the back. And they'll do it separately from the foreclosure properties they'll do the tax lien sale or tax deed sale in texas sorry and then they will do the foreclosure sale um, it really just depends upon where you are and understanding the differences between how they do it but dallas county very very confusing very very difficult um, i've got videos of it. It, it it's actually it's fun to watch from the outside when you understand what's happening um, 
and then other states like or sorry other cities for example other counties actually uh a lot more organized uh tarrant county when i was there uh, i noticed they do it outside in the front but they also do it outside in the back simultaneously depending upon whether you're doing a foreclosure like a property foreclosure for the bank or a a tax deed for taxes so if you're trying to do both forget it because that's a big building to have to run around and they don't let you go in and out the front doors when they're doing that because they actually do it on the steps in front of the front doors the, the actual uh you know you've heard that if you've been around real estate for any amount of time at all you've heard the freeze phrase on the courthouse steps well tarrant county texas that's exactly what it is baby it's all the courthouse steps so you get to uh, it's look you got to figure out when you get started, there's going to be a piece of the market that you identify with first and heaviest. And so you start learning and executing that particular piece. And that's up to you. It doesn't matter what it is. It, you may want to do apartment building straight out of the chute. That's fine. But you focus in on that. But it doesn't become the sole thing that you're doing because you walk away from too many dollars if you're solely focused on the one thing now you get it up and running yes as you get that established then you start to look at you know once you've done two or three flips on a rehab you're like man you know i i need to be buying rental property as well and you see how all of it ties together and so maybe i'm looking at uh buying a tax lien property I get a great deal in it. Now I can decide, do I want to flip it? Do I want to turn it into rental property based on how much cash it's going to take? What's the timeline before it starts being profitable for me? Uh, just knowing those systems and knowing how to process those numbers puts you in a position where you can take advantage of the whole market. So it, it, it's like if you're looking at a, um, I grew up um, in the clothing industry uh, and so it'd be like if you had a sock store or you're not going to do a whole lot of business. You're going to do some business, but you're not going to do a whole lot of business because you just got one thing. But if I'm carrying uh, shoes and socks and, and belts, I can have um, an accessory store and I'm going to do more business. Or I can have a full line of men's or ladies or whatever clothing and I've got the full line and I'm going to do more business. That's what you want to have. You want to have the full line available to you so that you don't miss a great opportunity because you're going to see some properties that people walk away from simply because they don't understand the, the bigger market. They don't understand the, all the options that they have. And so they pass up on a great piece of property because they didn't have an exit strategy that they could look at. And, and so part of that, all those exit strategies, it, it changes your game. Part of that is understanding expectations also. Um, to get to tax liens and tax deeds, for an example, I have bought, how many, how many actual properties have you ever gotten from a tax lien or tax deed sale, Phil? Mm, 40 or 50. Really? I have yeah, bought thousands. Years. What's that? That's about 30 years. Okay. <laughs> so. I have bought thousands, maybe even more tax liens and tax deeds. I have gotten maybe five properties ever from all those tax liens and all those tax deeds. Usually they will redeem the tax lien to the tax yeah. deed. So when you go and you purchase that deed or that lien, don't start factoring, oh, I'm gonna do this with the house, or I'm gonna do that with the house, or I'm gonna do this with the property, or I'm gonna do that with the property. Wait until it happens. Have your exit strategy, but put that on the back burner because that could be three to five years before you even know what's gonna happen with that property. Yeah, now when, when you define that, things that, the uh, Things I bought in Florida, zero. Uh, I've bought a lot in Georgia, zero, where I've ended up with a property. Um, when you get into some higher price stuff, uh, you got a better shot uh, and ended up with the property. It's a lot easier uh, in Texas to go straight for the property because of the way our laws are structured. Once okay. they get to that point. And, and again, that's understanding the process too, because in Texas, in Texas, when you, when you buy that deed, the first year, there's still a few more years before it can be redeemed. And somebody else may come along and buy out your position in that deed at the next sale because they're still past due taxes. So if you're coming along and you're buying that last position, okay, 
five years down the line or three years down the line or wherever it is, depending upon the, the, the state that you're in, because it's done by state. Yep. Then you have a better likelihood of acquiring a property. And that's understanding, you know, understanding how that works. And I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm focusing on tax liens and deeds because we were talking about that. But it's understanding the expectations of your property, no matter whether it's going to be a flip, whether it's going to be a cash flow property, whether it's going to be anything. Having realistic expectations and knowing what you're looking at and being able to do the numbers based upon the real numbers. And I'm going to leave you with one quick thought because we're like going over like crazy on time. But <laughs> I'm going to leave you with one quick thought. There are two different sets of numbers. Okay. There's the set of numbers that the property is actually doing. And there's a set of numbers that every investor would like the property to do. You never, ever, ever base your actual numbers on what you would like the property to do or what you think the property can do unless you've got really, really deep pockets and you're able to wait for that to happen. If the property is making a profit or even if it's just staying afloat and you know it can do better on your actual numbers, then go ahead and purchase the property and start working on your projected numbers. But that gets back into understanding what to expect and what is actual real. So actual and projected are two different things. Do your numbers on actual and hope for projected. Don't ever, ever, ever do your numbers on projected. And if you're going to the bank on a commercial property based on projected numbers, they're gonna laugh you out the door. Uh, so understand what you're getting into and what the expectations are down the road. And that's where having some experience and having some education to kind of help you back up is, is, is going to be key. And yeah, I'm not going to give the about... shameless plug because if you guys want to know where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing, you guys can go to our website and I'm going to get it right this guy this time. InvestorGuysPodcast.com. InvestorGuysPodcast.com. Go check out where we're going to be. We're going to be in a city... Uh, a city where we know what we're doing, okay? Uh, lately, that is Dallas, um, Orlando, uh, Cleveland, and we don't just give one strategy. We teach you how to dominate in that market, but we give you other strategies as well that you're going to be able to use everywhere else. On that note- We have a lot of fun. What's that? And we have a lot of fun. And we do have a lot of fun, and, and that's, that is key. I- it gets me out of the house for a week. So I have as much fun as I possibly can. It's, it's honestly, it, it's, I'm preaching to the choir with Bill because he knows it. it's fun being on stage. It is fun seeing these aha moments on people's face when they get it and their face lights up. It is, it is an amazing feeling from our side. Uh, and then we go out and we spend time in the evenings and we socialize with the people who take these classes. So it's great because we hear their experiences um, we invite past students to come back. So we hear um, their success stories. And to me, that's very fulfilling. That's very rewarding. That is why when I stopped doing this for a few years, thinking I was going to retire, I missed it. And I had to get back into it just because I like those evaluations that I get that, that let me know that I made a difference in somebody's life. There you go. There you go. All right, brother. So I feel like we recorded a week's worth of shows. Uh, <laughs> in, in one show. Um <laughs> I will talk to you later. Have a good one and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you back. Thanks so much for joining us on Vector Guys Podcast. We'll see you next time.